Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 202 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today is Norm uh, Lagu from Lakeside Coffee. And just to get his title correct, co-owner, and I think we just kind of made this up right now, but head roaster. He's the roaster, <laughs> but I call him the head roaster. Um, so co-owner, co-owner and head roaster at Lakeside Coffee. They're uh, Ross's Point on Lake Street. Um, awesome establishment. Typically the, uh, the go-to place for coffee. Um, maybe in the area, but especially when you're up north. So, uh, Norm, I'm very happy you're here. Thank you very much. And I'm just going to make a slight correction. We I recently... your name wrong. No, we, um, yes. we just barely uh, added roasters to our name because we felt like Lakeside Coffee um, kind of made us sound more like a cafe okay. when we're actually a, a, a roaster. We roast from coffee from nine different countries. Um Throughout the world, Indonesia, Africa, South America, and uh, Central America. So Lakeside Coffee and Roaster, or Lakeside Coffee Roasters. You bet. That's it. Lakeside Coffee Roasters. Yep. We'll make sure the show notes correct my my mistake. But <laughs> um, so Lake Lakeside Coffee Roasters um, in Ross's point, but um, and Norm just said before we went on the air that it was eighty five percent of people drink coffee. Yeah, they said over two two thirds of the public drink drinks pot coffee. So, and I'm um, assuming this is like adult population. I have no idea. Okay. I, did, I didn't really I didn't really drill down that far. <laughs> I, so, wh- when did you start drinking coffee? First off, oh boy, that was I was probably 13, 14 years old. Okay, I, I was sixteen. So you you yeah. beat me, but yeah. So maybe that's skewed a little bit under the eighteen bracket. So, <laughs> um, so Norm, for anybody that does not know you, does not know your establishment, who who are you? How did we get you know Lakeside Coffee Roasters? How did this all become about? Well, we, um, my wife and I moved here in two thousand seven through my work, and um, we moved to a small place named Rouse's Point. And my wife, Sonia, went ahead and started working at the local coffee shop, something that she had dreamed about her uh, whole life about owning a coffee shop. And so she found the local coffee shop. They roasted their own coffee. She started working there. And six years after working there, the owner, uh, former owner, Chris Deuce, was selling the shop. And she approached me about buying the the cafe and um my career was winding down i had 25 and a half years of service um and border patrol in the border patrol yeah and um i said well you know what you followed me around for 25 and a half years i'll go ahead and uh, take a flyer on what you want to do and and we agreed that i would be the roaster so i taught myself how to roast after we um well, prior, actually, before we actually bought the coffee shop and uh, roaster, roasting business. And um, and then I learned some from Chris Deuce as well, and I've been working on the profile ever since. So 
did you have a love for coffee prior or was it more of a love love of your wife and following her into the coffee business well it was a love of my wife okay you know and uh you know i like i said she took a flyer on me she we flew out to san diego uh, the year that we got married uh, we spent four and a half years there we made a short stop for a year in south carolina we moved to then to vermont back to my hometown uh Derby Line, Vermont, and from there we moved over here in 2007. Um, so now, were you drink? So back to the coffee. Were you drinking coffee at the time? Was this like a? Is this like a staple? You said you start young, 13, 14. Was this like a regular thing every morning? You were both having a oh, cup you of bet. coffee. You bet. Uh, listen, when you work the midnight shift, you drink a lot of coffee. I was gonna say. <laughs> so, I was gonna say adrenaline, caffeine, whatever you call it, that just gets you through the day. Yeah. So, um, and I know you know. When you have coffee that's a specialty coffee that's roasted fresh, uh, there's nothing like it. So, we, you know, um, we, I was a regular at the coffee uh, cafe even before Sonia started working there and uh, then became even more of a regular when she was there. And then we started purchasing our coffee there and then ultimately we bought it and now I'm the roaster. So how's the process of... Let's, let's say a coffee shop first, because we'll get into the roasting, because like I said, I, I love coffee, so I'll ask all things roasting for you, but um, like a coffee business, and what was the evolution of this? Because you bought it, um, you said 2013? 2017, actually. 17, okay. So yeah. you bought it in 2017, so how has it evolved from there to where it is now, and what kind of, you know, what's the growth and what... I guess anything you've changed, obviously you've added roasters to the name. So like kind of how the evolution come about. So, um, since we took ownership of the, the business, um, we really tried to engage the community and we have a wonderful relationship with the community. We started looking at, um, community events once a month was our objective. That was where we wanted to grow the business. Um, and we did that and, um, uh, after, you know, at, once we had those, the community events in place, uh, we just wanted to be that place where we identified with, with the town and the town identified with us as, uh, you know, a meeting place, a congregation place. Um, let's go to Lakeside Coffee and, and, and have a coffee and, and catch up. Or I'm going to go get a coffee there and bump into somebody they hadn't seen in a long time, you know, you you have those hearty conversations and and when you walk away from that you feel good about you know reuniting with somebody maybe you haven't seen for years um, and we wanted to be known as that type of establishment. Well, I mean, there's something very social about coffee, and I think it's. I mean, typically people say do you want to get a coffee over a conversation, and it's you know and this comes like from a sales background. You always hear like these, uh, you know, whether it's a. Uh, by or uh, psychology of people or strategies and stuff it's like you're better off meeting some we call like breaking bread or over food or over a drink and coffee there's something there's like a psychological trigger it's warm you're drinking it it's kind of like relaxing typically coffee shops you know like i'll take yours like the ambiance it's very welcoming it's very uh you know there's some comfort there's some diner tables there's some comfy chairs there's something like it's open you can see everything you can see the roaster you can see obviously you have uh behind the counter but it's just it's a inviting place. Anytime I've gone in there, there's always groups of people just sitting down, and I've seen young, I've seen old, I've seen everywhere in between. So, 
Um, the community aspect is, to me, very apparent when you walk in there. Um, but I, the social aspect of coffee is something I really like. Like I've, that I, I don't know if it's the taste that I like better. It's the idea of just it feels. There's something about sipping on something warm. As I'm drinking tea right now, but I like sipping on something warm. And I've, I've been doing it as a kid. Before coffee, I was drinking tea, and I think. Even to this day, if I'm driving, I typically want to have something to, to drive with and sip on. Or if I'm just hanging around the house, I have something to sip on. And, and usually in the morning, it's something hot. Or when it's cold out, it's something hot. So um, that community aspect with like a cup of coffee, like is that something that you personally find? It's the- super satisfying for Sonia mm-hmm. and I to, to look around the shop. Because that's the environment that you just described is exactly the environment that we wanted to create or further from where it was when we originally purchased it. And it's super cool to see, even though we may run, be running around in the back, scrambling to, to get things for people. But when we take that moment to just take a breath and we look around and everybody is laughing and having hearty conversation, or you just see a couple of guys or gals and they're just sitting there chatting away. There's nothing more satisfying than, than seeing that in the cafe and, and, and understanding that you put something in place that is is a, is a mechanism for these individuals to to uh, you know have a hearty conversation, maybe catch up on old times. Well, it's also like you're inviting them into your house too. It's your place of work, but you're there and you're welcoming them into your your establishment, and they're hanging out kind of in your living room or your dining room kind of feel, you know. Yeah. So, um, so the coffee obviously was there. Um, you guys sell. Well, we won't go into the wholesale part yet, but. What else do you sell there besides coffee? So we uh, we have a baker that bakes this uh, does baked goods, and we have a small menu of sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches, um, and of course our established drinks, you know, lattes, mochas, and so forth. What, from like a sale perspective, what percentage is coffee and what percentage is food? Do you think? Um, that's a great question. Um, I would say right now, maybe it's, it's getting close to being 50, 50 right now oh, okay. with our wholesalers and, and, um, with our, our retail business growing the way it's growing right now. Um, we're, we're, we, we haven't quite met the 50, 50, um, part, but the coffee is growing leaps and bounds right now. It's our, um, <clears throat> biggest market. Like, so I, I, I don't, I used to, I grew up closer to Rouse's Point. I'm, I'm a little farther away now. So I, I visited Rouse's Point, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. But I find out of all the places that have coffee, because it's more of a destination for me. So if I'm up in that area or if I'm driving through, I, I find that I am more apt to go in and get something to eat and sit down and eat it there than I would if I'm just running around like here, if I get something quick, because I'm just like in that mode. Where sometimes I find if I'm like, I got a little bit of time to kill, it's a nice place to go and relax up in Rouse's Point because there's only so many places up there. And I like that I would say offer that type of environment instead of going to like a diner. Like, I mean, there's some other good restaurants up there, but you don't have the same like low key go in and just sit at a table and relax. You can bring a book, you can work on some work, you can, you know, what, that's what I think I like about a coffee shop too is it's, it's a multi purpose. It's not. It feel kind of weird like bringing in like a laptop or, or a book or something into a restaurant, but you a coffee shop, it's almost expected. It happens all the time. Yeah. So, and, I, and for some reason, I, I like that because it feels like a very loungy kind of setting. Um, so, But I do end up dabbling more in the food and getting the food there than I would other places. I didn't think about that till right now, but maybe it's the distance. But 
it could just be the fact that it does have a more inviting kind of. And we yeah uh, we try to use like you know, we know we we limit the paper products we use. We try we try to let, you know when we provide a meal we try to pro- provide it on a plate like you would have at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and mugs same thing. Um, so we have uh, you know large and medium and and small mugs. So. That is something, part of the ambiance of, of having a meal there and, and having a drink. So at what point did you get the roaster? And and again, my, my memory is terrible. How long have you had the roaster? I'm, I'm the one in the photo here. The, the, how long have you had that roaster? Because you have like the burlap bags all kind of around. And it, again, it feels like a, ro- like a, kind of a little roast area. So was that de- by design? And when did you kind of start to develop, like I guess, behind that counter? So... Chris Deuce actually, when she created the co- when she built it, had the built, coffee shop built, she had the roaster was there. She was roasting. She, we she actually had wholesale accounts, and, and um, when we knew that we were uh, going to purchase the the uh, the Lakeside Coffee, we um, I ended up doing a series of online um, courses uh, to um, learn how to roast coffee. And then Chris, uh, I I sat with Chris and looked at the profiles that she had developed and, and how she was roasting. And then uh, since then, I've been educating myself at the, the different phases of, of coffee roasting, and, and I've tweaked the profiles to make them my own. Um, so when it comes to, and this is your main roaster? That is the main roaster, yeah. So when it comes to roasting, there's a, definitely a science to it. How scientific do you get and how much of it's science versus how much of it is art for you? So I, I am, um, it's a great question. I, I say it's the clash of science and art together because okay. you're right. There is a science to it. And there's aspects of it that are science-based and then there's an art to it. So um, there's a couple different roasters that you can roast through. Bigger companies then tend to use hot air versus a drum roaster. We, we, I operate a drum roaster. Um, it allows you to be more, a little bit more intimate with the, the roasting of coffee beans. So what would be, what's a drum roaster? Like what type would that be? <clears throat> so a, a drum roaster has, uh, it's, a, it's a, basically you can see the, the top of the roasters is, has that, that round profile to it. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a drum and it actually rotates in there and you apply heat to that drum, and the drum ro- uh, heats up, and that's it's almost how almost like you, a cement mixer. You bet. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. That's a good analogy. Um, and so that's a an IR seven from Dietrich, and um, we uh, it's it it, it uh, allows me to roast fifteen pounds of coffee or beans at a time. So I'm guessing, so you dump 15 pounds up here in, in the, the hopper. hopper. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like a, in the hopper. Yep. Kind of like a big funnel and it goes down into yeah. like the cement mixing bowl. Yeah. I'm going to call, I'm going to call it that for, for the layman's out there. And then it gets roasted and then I'm assuming it just comes out down here and this is where yeah. you love the yeah, gases yeah, yeah. and everything that kind of expand. And it, so that's, uh, that's how you cool it down. The bottom part is, is it pulls, sucks air through the beans. So it cools it down. So there's like five phases of, of, of roasting from the preheat stage. So that's basically, you have the drum roaster, you heat that, that the, the drum up, um, and then you have your green beans that you enter mm-hmm. into the mix. Well, your green beans are room temperature. Mm-hmm. 
and you you have your your drum that's you know around 400 degrees and you introduce those two things together and it dramatically drops the temperature of the drum until those two the beans in the roaster or the beans in the drum sorry uh become the same temperature and then you'll start a phase called the drying phase so these green beans even though they're hard and you wouldn't think there's much moisture in them there is moisture in them and there's a drying phase that occurs which is a couple minutes for the uh, moisture to be pulled out of that green bean and then there's the uh, aroma development stage which is basically uh, some people call it the yellowing stage that's when you've the moisture has been pulled from that green bean and and the bean starts to yellow or brown there's a yellowing phase a brown phase, browning phase in there and um then there's after the aroma development phase there's the caramelization phase which is basically where the um the sugars in that particular bean and so forth depending on where it's from start to change the the process or the uh the profile of the bean the tone the notes of the bean if some people will call them and then there's ultimately when you get it to a certain profile where you want it you dump the bean and there's a cooling phase which you you don't want that to last too long cuz you don't want the beans to continue to cook or or roast how how long does that whole process take with my particular uh roaster it's usually uh between 17 and 19 minutes somewhere in that phrase okay um so from start to finish i know that there are others that uh have roasters that roast much quicker than that you know, they're down into the 13, 14, 15 minute range. Um, if I'm roasting a, a decaf coffee or something like that, where I have less beans in there with, because the beans will expand and, and, um, um, I don't want them to, when they're cooling down, the aerator can only handle so many beans at one time. So rather than have them spill over, I'll, um, if the beans grow too big, they, they fill that aerator. Um, so, so I'm going to go back. So when you talk about green beans, so if anybody has not seen an unroasted coffee bean, it looks like a peanut. It's basically a half peanut if you crack, right? It has like, you bet. but it has the same, it's like a smaller version of a, of a whole bean. Cause you see like the kind of the crack in the middle and it has like that same shape, but it's much smaller and it's green. Not that like dark Brown that we see typically in like the yep. nice aesthetic, like coffee photos with all the beans all piled up. So, um, stick your hay and if you stick your your nose in, into a bag and you open up that smells bag. smells awful. smells like grass. It smells yeah. like fresh cut ga- grass. Or but like hay. compared to coffee, it's not, oh, no, not it's like close. a coffee smells so good, but like you smell this and it's a very bland, like not like, oh, it smells like coffee. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not going to be that like wholesome smell that you get <laughs> when you open up a bag of coffee. So, um, so yeah, the reason I, I've roasted coffee and I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't done it in a long time because it's just I found it was always I can, I'm sure I can order them online I used to do this what, like 10 years ago we sell them we sell green beans I was gonna I was gonna ask you that like do, do you sell the green beans because yeah. the because I got some years ago down in Albany and this is probably a decade ago and I was roasting it on like a little home, like homemade when I say homemade but like a, a home version of it yeah um, popcorn it, roaster or something like that yeah but it kind of was more instead of turning it like a cement mixer it was almost like a, a um, like a vortex it was like a yeah. tube upright tube and it would you spin bet. yeah but it would last, 
it was about 20 to 22 minutes and it depended if I wanted to do light roast, dark roast, you know, sure. and there's a few different things and I kind of got into like the science of it a little bit, but it's been so long that it's, I'd have to read up again how I did it. Um, and, and I think there's probably more information out now than back when I, sure. I did it. But what I will say is when, if you go from green bean to roast it, to let it sit, and I'm going to ask a little bit about that process next, but then you grind that up and make it, it's the best coffee you'll ever have. Like that fresh roast coffee. You bet. Um, so once it comes out and it's in the aeration and it's, you know, the, the, uh, cooling off and this is where like the gases get released a little bit. So, yeah. So, um, and that happens over it's the degassing process is, is just not during that time frame. It, it, it takes usually, um, we like to let the beans sit, um, for a couple of days just to go ahead and degas. Um, I'll be roasting, I'll roast cause I roast, uh, pretty much every night for a couple hours. And, um, when well, I'll be sitting there roasting and I'll hear the beans popping and stuff like that, that from the night before. So, so what's your rule of thumb? Like today's uh what Thursday. So if you're to roast on a Thursday, how long would those sit before you would bag those up or, or actually use them for coffee? Uh, ultimately, um, we're a roast on demand. So, um, I don't like to have beans sit around. Um, so I, I'm looking in the three to five day range for the most part. Um, and that's pretty consistent with, with our coffee. It gets depleted and that's why I go in and I roast a couple hours a night rather than, um, rather than roasting a boatload on Sunday and, you know, the following Sunday going like, Oh no, I don't need to do the coffee from Sumatra or the coffee from Ethiopia I've got plenty to last me a couple of weeks. Um, I like to go ahead and, and have it ready and available three to five day range and get it out the door. And and that's a mixture of the wholesale and a mixture of what you use in the shop? Correct. Because so, I know when you go to the shop, you, you don't have the same coffee every single day. So no, it's, we do feature coffees. So is that part of, um, I guess, the creativity, the fun part of it? Of like, you know, how many, I guess how many roasts? I'm going to say, how many roasts do you have in like your, your uh, toolkit right now? Like that you can just pull out and say, listen, I got like these down pat. These are tried and true. Uh, the nine, the nine, the nine coffees we, we get from around the world. I, my profiles are locked in. So, and I manually roast, <coughs> excuse me. I manually roast. So I don't automate I, my roasting process. And what I mean by that is I, the, a computer doesn't control my roast process, I can control the roast process. So, um, when I drop those green beans into the drum, I follow that roast and from start all the way through the, the roasting process to the cool down, I dump them myself and, uh, and then I clean them out of the, um, the aerator afterwards. So, um, every single cup of coffee that you, anybody drinks out of lakeside, um, they can know that I, I watched that, that, that whole roast process. Those beans were, were handled with care from start do, to finish. Do, do you have like a bunch of notebooks all scrapped out with like times and, and you bet. I was going to say like how long with the temperature? I got a bunch of them. Um, and, and so when you measure, let's say you measure coffee and you're making one of the nine, the nine, um, I'm going to call them the, the, like your standard or, or your, your, um, yeah, let's just say call them the standard roast. If you have nine of those 
what what do you measure in each of those through the process? Like, like what's all the variables that you would you would have to measure? So like so really, what I look at is I I um I know the the specific rows. So what I'm looking at is I'm looking at um time over temperature pretty much on everything. I watch uh, when I introduce the green beans into the drum. I watch um, how far and how fast the the drum temperature drops and where it turns around. I write down the the, the temperature it turns at. We it's call it the turning point. Mm -hmm. It's where um, they become the same temperature and it starts to the drying phase. I watch uh, and record temperatures or time and temperature through the drying phase, <clears throat> through the aroma phase, first crack, which is um, the first, um, like when the bean really starts to, to chemically change and expand, um, and then through the developmental um, phase of the, the bean, and then when I drop the beans into the, into the, the cooler to cool them down. How much constant do you need I guess pre and post of the of the roasting cycle. So you have the numbers of the actual roasting cycle. It takes, like you said, high teens to finish. Is there any constant you would have with the green bean? Like, is it something like, hey, I need the green bean to get to me this many days before I would actually put it in, you know, the hopper, or is it? Um, and then on the flip side, I guess that on the flip side is like once it comes out and you have it set, you set a couple days. But is there any kind of play in that that you're like, maybe I'll let's try three days, let's try five days, or did you ever do that or is the times you have now like this is just through trial and error over years that you're like I, I I know I just need like five complete days and I'm good uh so it's it's really three to five days as something um that I've found through um just uh brewing the coffee and in in um um tasting it and having the clients there that come in the customers that come in um, I tweak the profiles and tweak the, the quality profiles. control. Yeah. yeah. So when I, when I hear people saying that's a damn good cup of coffee, I go, I know that profile cause I've recorded that profile and I'm sticking with that profile. And that's how I changed the, the profiles on the coffee, um, for the single origin. And then we take the single origin and with some of the single origins, we have, I believe five blends that we create, created from them, from those, uh, single origins. But, uh, yeah, so it was a mixture of just pulsing the public, pulsing myself, and uh, determining where I felt that the, I was getting the best profile out of those beans. So, so it really is a variable. Like, like you said, not every, because it's man-made, there's some human, I'm going to call it human error, but human uh, variables in there that it could just be slightly different. And so, I, and I, so with that, something you, you had, uh, I had uh, thought about when you were, you had just brought it up was uh, the when I get a bag of beans in, say I get a delivery in the middle of the winter, those beans are cold. I would never introduce those beans into the hopper and into the drum. They would drop those 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 uh, beans may be thirty two degrees. They may be loaded with humidity. So I want to bring them in, the green beans in, and I want them to sit. For a certain period of time, at least a couple of days, so that they acclimate to the shop, and um, and get rid of some of that moisture before I introduce that those beans uh, to the roaster. So, 
so as long as long as the bean is at the temperature you need, it's not really a time frame as to when you would introduce them. No, they they they. they I mean, I've ne- I don't, I've never run any tests, but they said green beans will can last for years. You know, so I always heard that green beans can last. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Green beans can last two years. Uh, whole bean coffee can last two months, and ground coffee can last two days. Or t- yeah. Two mo- no, two weeks, sorry. Yeah, two. yeah, two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. Yeah. So it's two, two, two. It's like two yeah. years, two months, two weeks. Those are averages, but that's. I mean, it's a very accurate. rough, but like. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. It's a, from what I've, I've, I've read the same thing, and I've done, at least with the coffee, drinking the coffee and the beans and stuff like that. Uh, and it depends if they're, so, they're, if they're sealed in, in, um, in, in packets that are airtight, mm-hmm. that may, that'll make a difference too, as well. So, so when you. When you make your coffee and roast your coffee, once you have the beans all done, so we had the whole beans, what's the process from there to the time you brew, and how much science is involved in that? Um, there, there's there's a lot of information out there with regard to you know the grind type, and so all that stuff is basically things we've we've followed through reading. We have burr grinders mm-hmm. that 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 kind of you know. Um, mill the bean together rather than cutting it yep um with a with a with basically with a knife it, there are grinders that it's are not out a there. blade cutter yes yeah. not a blade cutter um <clears throat> so um and that you know that you want your bun burners to to dispense the water at uh, 200 around 200 degrees plus or minus uh, in order to get maximum um, extraction from the coffee grinds mm-hmm. themselves that have been, uh, you know, milled together. Um, so this, this is good. I was like fact checking myself of how, I'm, so like every morning I have whole beans that I put in an airtight container. So I actually push the thing down. It shoots out air. You can actually feel the air coming out and it just like seals it. So I always have them sitting in that. And then each morning, actually at night, cause I don't want to wake the kids in the morning. So each night I'll pop it off. I'll, I'll measure it. Like I pull out a weight scale and I actually measure how many be- what's the grams of beans I'm putting in. I measure that. I put it in the burr grinder. So put it in the hopper. It goes down. And it's like this kind of cone that spins at the bottom, but it is the most consistent grind you can get because it's not like I've had the the blade one and it's yep. all over the place on you bet. on uh, the consistency of of the uh, the chop, I guess. But because um, then it turns into a nice like fine ground. Pa- I mean, you can have different coarse levels, but. The one I have, I have it. I did some research. It's kind of like eighteen, nineteen out of like twenty or out of forty, I think. And that's just like little dials you can turn to go yep. from really, almost like espresso to that really like a French pressy kind of grind. So I typically do a drip coffee in the morning, purely for convenience. But I also have one that the grind heats or the the coffee pot. It heats up to three things that are cool about it. It heats up over two hundred degrees Fahrenheit, like you said. Yep. It has a kind of like a sprinkler system so it's not just dripping straight down sure so it actually shoots out so it covers the entire portion of the of the maximum extraction from the beans yeah so yeah. it's not just hitting the same beans on the way down so the whole thing actually gets covered um and then from there it goes down and it doesn't have a, a plate on the bottom so it's an insulated like a double insulated thermos so it heats up it goes in there and kind of self-heats within it Yep. I used to have the old one that have like the hot plate on the bottom. Sure. But there's like an inconsistency with burn. that. It can, you can burn coffee. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's crazy the science behind it. And I, again, I'm just like this hack that does it at their house. But um, And then when I make French press, like I'll measure the water. You know, the, 
it's hard to measure the temperature in a kettle. So I kind of just pull it off a little bit and just let it sit for like a few seconds and then pour it. But then it's kind of like a slow pour. And then you kind of do like a, a circular motion. And I don't have the, uh, I don't do pour overs. I know a lot of people do pour over yeah. coffee. Um, they very popular. Yeah. yeah I, this is more of, it's a version of pour over, but you're putting it more of like a French press style or like an sure. AeroPress. So I have a bunch of those. Like that's, those are, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to like mess yeah. around with it. So that's like a coffee extraction. So you, yeah. the, you, when, when I talk about milling the, the bean into a specific grind, it's because that's where you're going to get maximum extraction from the, the coffee bean. Um, and that's where you're really going to get a, a good quality cup of coffee. What's the what's the easy what's the thing that you would think most roasters would would get wrong or screw up when making when roasting or or someone like me or someone that just makes it at home if they're trying to roast or trying to grind or trying to make a good cup of coffee like what do you think's the the main mess up on those kind of people? I would or I overlook would, thing. Um. Well, not to plug the coffee shop, but um, I I think one of the main things is how long has that coffee that you have in that bag been in that bag and where has it been mm -hmm. has it been stored in a uh heat controlled environment or has it been placed in a in a uh in an area that uh it because they, they're very absorbent with with um with the ability to absorb smells from from say like fish you yeah. know so those are probably some errors um, and like I said, with, with, um, um, with certain coffees that you buy off the shelf, if you don't know where that, what, how that, uh, bag of coffee traveled to that particular site and there's no like born on date, then you don't know how long that coffee's actually been in that, that form for how long, um, it's been sitting there and that may affect, uh, the uh, the notes of the coffee, and then, um, then maybe getting the grind wrong, you know, so that you don't get that maximum extraction from that bean. So when you when you sell bags of coffee, is it primarily just whole ro or whole beans, or do you also do ground? Oh, we grind. We we sell we sell a bag of coffee whole bean, and then we grind for free. So if you oh, so you'll grind it right up right on right there. Yeah. Um, so if you were to give someone either of those so we'll go whole and we'll go ground or, or grind coffee um when you if i if someone was to bring that home so say i was to get both of those and bring those home what's the, what would be your process like do you say leave it in the bag because I, like i said i put in an airtight seal container but are they fine to leave it in the bag as long as they can seal it up um and then how quickly should they go through that coffee so we um you're 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 fine to put it in, in a bag like that and just keep it in a, in a cool, dry place, like a pantry, mm -hmm. you know, um, where the sun's not directly hitting it. Um, and that co coffee should last as long as the, the, the standard, you know, uh, aforementioned couple length. months, couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you personally make your coffee? Do you make coffee at home first off? Or yes. You, okay. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. know if you're just like, I'm just going to go to the shop and make it, which yeah. would make a lot of sense. Um, so how do you like to take your coffee or how do you like to make yours? We do. We, we don't, we drink a lot of coffee. So we actually drink uh, drip and it's, um, it's from the coffee shop. It's always fresh. It's mm -hmm. always within that three to five day window. And, and, uh, you know, we make it a little bit strong just like we do at the co coffee shop. So 
do you measure the 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 grind to the water? Do you have a whole like system on that? Is it, there a ratio you use? Well, it's a so we play with that. Uh, generally, um, we're around the two point two five range. The, we sell actually those little bricks at the coffee shop. Um, we do a lot of marketing work with companies for marketing um, their business with these little um, we call them one pot um, um, bags mm-hmm. and um, they uh, so we've worked on that particular ratio so that that's the the ratio we use is usually we weigh it out and it's uh, around 2.25 to 2.3 that's ounces, cups uh, ounces ounces per per pot per pot is, yeah okay so 64 ounces gotcha so, yeah because I uh, the ratio I always use is sixteen to one of grams of coffee to grams of co- uh, grams of water yeah. to grams of coffee. Yeah. So that that to me always ends up giving a pretty like strong roast. Yeah. Which I I like stronger coffee. I'm not the I'm not the person that I don't want to have it like crazy strong. But if I had to pick, I like dark roast coffees. Yeah. Um, to medium, I'm not the biggest fan of light roast, and light has more caffeine in it, right? Yes. So most people I think get this wrong, but you want to explain that? Yeah. So it does. Um, if you're looking at um, uh, a bean of uh, a light bean, a medium bean, and a dark bean, the light bean will be uh, have more caffeine in it. Uh, but if you're really measuring certain things for weight purposes, um, I'd, it's probably pretty negligible because your light bean is going to be heavier than your medium bean. And your light, your dark bean is going to be the lightest of all because of the when when they go through the roast process, uh, that the bean continues gets um, um, it changes and gets lighter through the process as they, it goes through. In, in the dark beans, if you buy a dark bean bag of dark beans and you get a pound, it's going to be much bigger than your light roast because uh, the light roast is uh, heavier. So if you put 2.23, if you put 2.25 ounces of light in something and 2.25 ounces of dark, you're going to have just, you're going to just have more grind. You're going to have more coffee in the uh, dark roast. Because it, it takes longer to roast light roast than it does dark roast. Nope. Opposite. Yeah. I always get that mixed up. So because like the color... Or that would make sense. The more you roast it, the, the less caffeine you're going to get in the coffee. Yes. Okay. So, um, and the bigger the bean gets. Yes. Because so the dark, dark is a little bit like fuller. That bean is uh, caramelizing and it's changing, goes through a second crack, and then it seeps. If, depending upon how hard, hard you push that bean, it'll start to seep and sweat oil out of it. Uh, that's why you see, see that film to a lot of... Uh, Darker beans, like a yep. like an oily mixture. Now all the like the what they call the the chafes off the side. How does that? Are you able to separate those? Those fall off naturally. So during the ro- roasting process, as the bean expands, mm-hmm. a lot of that chafe is from around the back side, the side like of popping the, off the outer layer. Yeah, and it's uh, also in the in the middle of the bean. So um, as the bean okay. expands, it the chafe starts to come come loose in the drum and then um during the roast process 
I'll push I'll pu I'll push uh, the heat through the the roaster and it'll push a lot of that chafe right out of the out of the drum so it gets rid of it. So it's not too much cleaning the beans. I always found that when I was roasting at home that was the hardest part. Yeah. It was like cuz there's just so many of them. It's not like you can still put it in the coffee you grind it it's not going to make a that sure. big of a difference but it's just more of like it doesn't look good cuz it has all these like little pieces all around. Um So I have two 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 um certain parts of my roasting process where I push heat through the roaster to go ahead and get the chafe out. And and what at what stage would those be? It would be during the uh, aroma phase, which is uh, after the drying phase. Okay. And then I usually do it at the very end of the, at, during the, the developmental or the caramelization phase. That's when the bean is really developing its notes uh, and it, its uh, flavor profile, if you will. Um, so diving into the idea of the wholesale business, when did you start doing the wholesale with the roasts? Again, when we purchased the business, uh, there was a certain percentage of wholesalers that uh, we uh, we consumed, and uh, but it's always been something that we've been trying to work on to go ahead and and um, um, increase our wholesale business. Really, that's a it's a great opportunity for us to expand our business and our revenue streams, mm -hmm. um, just because there's so many businesses and so many different ways to go ahead and uh, partner with a uh, local business to go ahead and, um, and, and sell our coffee. So, so uh, when, ha has it grown since when you took, I'm assuming when you took it over? It has. Yeah. We've, uh, we, uh, I'd say we've, we've more than doubled the size of our wholesale business. So, and are, are your whole, so you would, you would purchase, the green beans, you have your supplier for green beans, and then the actual roasting process to turn them into whole beans or ground is the wholesale business you're talking about. It's like take, taking the green bean and put it into an actual coffee that you know the consumer can consume. So the, the wholesale business would be uh, restaurants, grocery stores, uh, coffee shops. Um, like one of, the, one of our faves is uh, High Peaks. Mm -hmm. um, Becky? Oh yes, yeah. she's she's awesome. Yep, she's great, great yep. person. And Chapter One's another um, big coffee shop that we deal with uh, here in Plattsburgh. So, um, so we um, we worked with them. They to, to help them develop uh, profiles and blends that they wanted, and um, we sell them uh, whole whole beans, and uh, on a weekly basis, I roast them. And then deliver them uh, Mondays or Tuesdays or Fridays. The co-op is another. It's a grocery store that we supply beans mm -hmm. to. Right down the road. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and then we do private labeling uh, as well, like with uh, Rolf's Orchard. Mm -hmm. um, we go ahead and um, we've took their label and we put that uh, on a coffee blend that they they uh, said that they wanted. So we, we created a blend for them. So they have their own coffee. And uh, they sell it as it, it's Rolf's coffee. So how many, and I'm assuming these are all sold in uh, pound bags. Um, so or do you eight ounce bags? Um, 12 ounce bags. 12. Yeah. So um, a lot of them, I know that uh, Rolf's is, uh, it sells 12 ounce bags. High Peaks and the, the coffee shops actually sell it as drip. So does uh, Rolf's Orchard. Okay. They, they sell our coffee in drip. Is is twelve standard now? 
Or has that always been standard? Uh, I think it's always been standard, and you you got to take a look because if you're you sometimes when you go to the grocery store, there'll be ten ounces, and you won't even realize that they've. We adjusted. start looking at the price per pound. Yeah, because usually they say a pound of coffee or a bag. Because I've seen both. I've seen sixteen. I've seen as small as eight. I've seen plenty of twelve. So I've yep. seen ten. So it's all. Um, we sell. We sell. We'll sell twelve at the shop if people want twelve. But we generally sell it by the pound. Um. So when you, so all the companies around here, when you give them a bag of coffee, because it's about twelve ounce bags of coffee. If they, if they're Rolfs or if there's someone that wants to sell oh, it out of the so, shop. So, so our wholesale is is different. So, our wholesale, if we're if we're if we um, and we have a couple of restaurants, we get we sell them rip packs. So okay. they're they're based on um, either like the two point two five model or two point seven five model, depending on how strong they want their coffee. They rip it open and they they make a pot of coffee with it. So it's just purely for if they want to do drip coffee or some type of coffee like that. So what like the ones you put with the label on it for Rolfs. Like are are they selling that on the shelf with that label? Yeah. So that'd be a little bit of a different so there's, pack sector. Of yeah. It. So they do drip. So they get the rip packs, and then they they actually sell bags of coffee. Yeah. So so I was talking about the bags of coffee. So how many bags of coffee is it? Mostly Rolfs is the ones that sell bags of coffee. Or are there other places locally that do it? Oh, there's uh yeah we there's a bunch of them. Uh, we have places in Saranac. We have places in Moores. We have places uh, here in Plattsburgh. And we have uh, um, places up in Rouse's Point that do as well. And they sell your, like the logo you have on your shirt. Like I've seen that all over. But that's mm-hmm. your coffee. They're just, they're putting it on the shelf there for basically for people to buy your coffee. Yeah. So down. we, yeah, most of the places that I mentioned, they do. But most of them also have their own either signature roast with their label, mm-hmm. their private label on it. Or they have a blend that we've created for them. And um, and they they sell that blend under their own name. And are all all the um, say the businesses that, that those are all fairly local businesses, or do you do any that you have to ship out? Yeah, we we have a coffee company in New Jersey that we ship out to. Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, very good client. Um, and he's he's private label. Okay. Um, so he does uh, a number of different. Uh, he so he has a. A couple of medium roasts and a, and a dark roast. He does he does decaf, and um, we send to him, we ship out to him uh, pretty much every month. Um, is that a plan to expand out of the North Country with the business? Well, we'll we'll go where the business takes us. Uh, we we just barely started e commerce site. We're getting that up and running, and yep. we plan to push that. There's a lot of people that stop at the coffee shop that are not from the local area, and they make it a there. Uh, destination when they're traveling through to stop by and make sure that they either buy a, a bag of coffee or um, at least have a cup of coffee. So we want to start um, looking at these folks to uh, to increase our revenue streams. And um, and we last year we worked with a, a company, a, a news company, and they uh, they they used it as a marketing tool to send out to their affiliates. Um, we created a private label for them. We sent over 300 bags out, uh, throughout the nation to, uh, um, various states. Uh, so they use it as a marketing tool and we want to go ahead and dive into that market as well. 
was it true? I don't. Th- I think this is probably before you guys took over, but um, Sonia might remember. Did did PK Subban go there? Yeah, the hockey player. Yeah, yeah. Does he still go there? No, I mean, he's not in Montreal anymore. But doesn't he still have family up there? Uh, I well, I know he does stuff in Montreal, but I I haven't we haven't seen him since. I, did you meet that, him when he came down? Or no, unfortunately not. But uh, yeah, because I remember someone said that he went in and signed the guest book and said they need one of these in the Bell Center. Yes, I, I don't know. Yeah. If that's a rumor. We, if that we was still a, have a picture of him with that with his his uh, comments on it. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty cool that he was there. I mean, it just kind yeah. of seems strange, but I, obviously traveling in or I, who knows why they, they come down, but it's a good little beltway to come pass through. But um, anybody else passing by were, worth noting? Have you ever had anybody going through Ross's Point? Like, oh, that's cool. They stopped here. Um, don't really pay t- too much attention. I was going to say, if you, if you knew or if you did <laughs> or didn't know him. I just remember the PK Subban thing. Someone told me that. And I was like, that's pretty neat that he was yeah. like in town locally. But um, so... The other th- and I saw this the other day, and you brought it up before we went on the air. But uh, you're also doing some type of mobile kind of coffee bar. Yeah, so we we started a coffee cart. Um, we had our first two events uh, recently. Uh, our last event was on uh, Saturday, and we did a wedding, an outdoor wedding, and uh, went off really really well. And uh, we're getting calls like crazy now for the coffee. It's event driven, so okay, you know we. We uh, we know High Peaks is down this area and does a lot of business and is, has a following and we in no way, shape, or form uh, plan on competing with her. That's not our not our thing because she's uh, uh, we love her so uh, we want to go ahead and make sure that we are event driven and we go different places and that maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. Like uh, for example, um, we're talking right now. Um, with North Country Youth Hockey, they they host a soccer tournament um, in the Rouse's Point area, mm-hmm. and we we plan on being there on at the seventeenth. Yeah, at the Civic Center at the seventeenth, um, and um, we're also talking about possibly there's going to be a fundraiser for SBCA, uh, Elmore SBCA, uh, coming up here, I believe, on the third at Palmer's Veterinary Service. Yeah. On twenty-two. Yeah, and uh, we're we're we've we've been communicating back and forth with them, and um, see maybe we, the possibility of doing a private label and then donating proceeds, certain amount of proceeds from the bags of coffee to uh, to Elmore. So, so the coffee cart. What's that? Is it similar to Becky's setup, or is it? Like, oh no, is it a trailer, or is this like an actual like little smaller version? It's a smaller version. Okay. Yeah. So she's she's got a coffee shop on wheels. She's got like an airstream. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. It. Exactly. Uh, so ours is small, much smaller than that. I mean, it still has uh, the standard three sinks, and we went through the health department and got up and running, and we can run a uh, espresso machine in there. We can we can run blenders for smoothies and fraps and so forth, but we're still cutting our teeth. We're still getting used to it. So. Um, well, well, the mobile coffee bar, like Be- Becky's come on the podcast and she's a great person and she, uh, it, it, she's, she's a smart, like she's pretty savvy when it comes to that. I mean, just coffee, but business too. And I, you bet. um, it's, it's interesting to hear her talk because like she, she understands it's, and she's probably talked to you before, but like when you actually like press her about like, Oh, this is cool. Like, what are your plans? Or, you know, you, you want to go th- and like. I feel like she's got a whole business model built out that she's slowly chipping into. 
that starts out with like this little one copy bar type thing, but you've seen her over the last couple of years start to introduce some things and she's had a very big spike up. I know she gets coffee from you guys and, but she is good at making coffee. Like when you talk about the, uh, you know, the strength of the coffee and I'm, I'm not much of the, uh, specialty coffee guys. Like I don't like a lot of like sweet stuff, but I've had a couple of hers and they're good. Uh, but even just her straight drip or espresso are, are fantastic. So it's 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 kind of like you wish that there was her, but almost every community you go to. So if you're like up in Moores or you're out in like Morrisonville or down in Peru, you're like, God, I wish she was like in town. Because I mean, she's in Plattsburgh, which is perfect. But um, it's it's a very cool concept, and it like you start building that following of people. Um, but it's cool because, like I said, it's you're getting locally sourced beans, and you're giving it to somebody, then they can turn around and, and um, you know. People get the idea, like at least I know, like, hey, if you want it and you're in your point, you know where to get it or maybe more with a coffee cart. Well, and I agree with you. I think, I do think she has a plan and I think she's executing that plan. She's very, she's very smart. So, um, and very business orientated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, and I, I'll touch on another thing you said. I believe there's plenty of room because she can't be everywhere. Absolutely. So, like you said, I, what two, two, two out of three people drink coffee? So there, yeah, exactly. There's, there's a big, big uh, surface group there, or something. Yeah. Like. So, and that's a you know, especially if you take September for example. You know, there's there's sporting events all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's tournaments all over the place. There's and you know what, like you you, know, you alluded to, a lot of people drink coffee, so you know they get excited when they can f- find out that uh, you know there's a locally sourced coffee that's produced in the local area and it's fresh and uh they can order it i mean i have young kids who are not into the soccer playing days yet but if i like in september if i take my kids to say the civic center and they're playing in this tournament and i see your coffee station there i get excited like i'm yeah. one of those people I'm like okay this is good i got something to go <laughs> sip on like you know it, it makes sitting out whether the cold or just in those, those long days more manageable um so it, any anything we talked about before but like any other um opportunities you think that you have um I guess revolving around coffee or maybe like some adjacent companies that you could that have some interest in, like obviously the mobile coffee, um, you mentioned possibly K cups, things like that. I mean, is that, is it kind of like, do you have a wide net of things you want to test out? So our our two most recent are the coffee cart. That's, you know, we just barely got that up and running and it's already people are, when they they found out we we have it, that thing is filling up fast. And, you know, the e-commerce, I'm interested in just seeing uh, what we can grow that into. Um, of course, we have the cafe. And, and like I said, uh, from a wholesale marketing perspective, um, you know, we look forward to um, engaging the local restaurants and so forth that we haven't had an opportunity to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um so I had a, a a customer come in, a good customer. I created a blend specifically for him. He wanted his own blend. So I said, well, you know what? I'll work on a blend. You want a blend? I'll make a blend for you. <laughs> so I did. I made a blend, family blend for him. And uh, he said, he goes, hey, you know, I won't mention where he went, but he's like, man, I had a five-star meal, great meal. He goes, and then I'm leaving and I have a cup of coffee and it was, it was horrible. Oh. He, goes, he goes, I thought myself, what are they doing? They have a, they have locally sourced coffee here that they can buy that is fantastic. I know that you would work with them. Yeah. And uh, we actually picked up a, a client that way. But um, so I think the coffee, a lot of times, uh, 
some of these larger restaurants are a forgotten entity. It's something that they don't really think much about. But if you're going to serve a five-star meal, you might as well serve a five-star cup of coffee along with it. So any of my friends that go out to dinner with me, we go to like a nice place like in the area or really any place. If I go and I have kind of like more of like a gourmet meal, like you have like the courses and it's just like a nice meal. You're out with some friends and it's, it's or like an event or a you know, special occasion. My favorite thing, because I'm not a huge dessert person, like my wife loves dessert, which I know she'll wear out. She'll probably look at the dessert menu. So that's my cue. Like I'm going to get coffee and yeah. I love it. So typically and after, and it's late at night, I don't really care. I, coffee, caffeine doesn't keep me up. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's just, I'm immune to it really. But like in the evening though, if I can have a cup of coffee after my dinner, it's one of the things I look forward to most, more than the app, more than the actual food. It's like, I just want to get to the end and just sip on a cup of coffee with some friends and just hang out and just kind of relax. And um, I agree. If you're going to do a meal, like don't overlook the coffee. Cause I yeah. think it's, just, I think it's an afterthought for a lot of, a lot of restaurants. I agree with you. And in, in, uh, we, so we, Sonia and I have purposely held our wholesale rates through the pandemic, through the inflation. We've held them tight. Uh, and I think we're in a real good position because we are specialty beans. They cost more than, uh, you know, uh, your regular beans grown in some of these countries. Um, but uh, it's literally pennies on the cup for uh, our wholesale rate compared to some of these other um companies that are selling, you know, mass produced bags of whatever coffee, you know, breakfast blender, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's more direct to consumer with you guys. Yeah. And it's, and it's, so it's, it's fresher and it's really the, the cost difference is pennies on a cup of coffee. So, um, I would, any, anybody that's listening to the podcast right now, that's, uh, a restaurant, I would encourage them to give us a call because I'm sure um, once we work it out, you'll uh, you'll be very happy. Um, now, if somebody wants a pri- uh, we'll call it, you said the private label. Let's call it a private sure. label. If somebody wanted that, like, what's the process? Whether you're a company or an individual, or you, like you said, you had mentioned a couple things uh, prior. What's the process of that? Is it hard to do? Is it something that they're involved with? Is it something that just like, hey, just make something and send it to us? Like, how how's that? start to finish work so generally uh uh when a company comes in and says hey listen i'd like to to uh market using your coffee but i want a private label on it um we ask them you know what what size bags are you looking for are you looking for the, the one pot the 2.25 ounce or you do do you want to do a an eight ounce a 12 ounce a 10 ounce or, so we we establish that then um we will offer a tasting if they want to do a tasting. Some some companies want to try the coffee. Others uh, want to create their own blend. Mm-hmm. Um, some just say, you know, just give me a, a good coffee that, you know, a lot of people like. So once we get the particulars out of the way, we'll start working. I'll have them send a, a PDF of their logo, their company logo. And then we start working on a, a label design for them. And we go back and forth until the uh, client goes ahead and agrees upon what the label is going to look like and what the, the writing on it and, and the fonts and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, we'll give them a couple sample bags just to see what they think. And uh, then we, we get down to business and figure out 
whether we're shipping it out or whether they want it shipped out mm-hmm. or they want they want the box and they're going to ship it out and or hand it out uh, and uh, what that's going to look like. I mean, do you, you have quite a few of those clients right now? Uh, we, we do. We have people uh, that we have uh, a number of uh, private label. Last year, um, the one company that we sent over 300 bags uh, throughout the nation, um, that was a that was a uh, a process where we sent them five different coffees, uh, just single roasts, no blends, and they had a committee that they had formed. They used it as a team building exercise, which I thought was pretty pretty interesting. Okay. So they they um, they had a team that went ahead and and had to negotiate which coffee they're going to um, select. They went through that process, and then I worked with that that team to go ahead and, and develop a, a label for them, and then they sent me all the uh, the addresses, and I uploaded them and printed labels and sent them out. So when it comes to the the roasting, are, they, are you the only person doing the roasting? Sonny knows how to roast, but I I t- I have gravitated toward that arena, and that's really my main focal point at the shop. Gotcha. So most of the time you're, you're, that's just your division of the coffee shop. Yeah. I was, I was wondering, cause I'm like, if you're roasting all the time and you're putting in, even putting in, uh, you said 15 pounds yep. at a time, it's like, I'm thinking of like a couple hours, like how many you could turn out. So are you roasting almost what, five, six, seven days a week? Yeah. Usually, usually I roast, uh, and I, that's by design rather than going in and roasting, all day batch. long, you know, uh, for eight hours or eight, nine hours, which I can, I prefer to roast for a couple hours. And while I'm roasting, I'm generally packaging our wholesale customers. Gotcha. Okay. No, that makes sense. It was like, I just didn't know like scalability wise, like how much, cause like you said, there's other things besides just physically putting coffee into the, yeah. into the, uh, roaster. Um, we have, we had, and we have plenty of room for growth. We're looking to grow. That's why we we started the cart. That's why we started the e-commerce. That's why we're going to, we're working on, uh, additional wholesale customers and, and also working with businesses to, um, try to market their, their product through coffee. So when it comes to, let's say the source of coffee, um, you talked about like Sumatra, you talked like, there's like Honduran coffee, there's Ethiopian coffee, there's. Costa Rican coffee, like what's, how many different sources and different areas or regions of the world that you get coffee from and which one's your favorite? So we, we, uh, we get coffee from Indonesia, uh, Africa, South America and Central America. And I have a hard time picking which one's my favorite because I'll drink a certain coffee for a while. And then all of a sudden I'll, uh, go in and have a cup of the feature coffee for the day at the shop. And I'll be like, this is a damn good cup of coffee. <laughs> so I, 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 I have a hard time with that. So can, can you roast, say, you have, let's say Ethiopian coffee. Can you, when you decide if it's going to be a dark roast, light roast or medium roast, is that just determined it by, or determined by how long you put it in the actual roaster? So it's the same bean. It's just the, the different difference in time. Or is there a specific bean that's like, no, this has really got to be a dark roast kind of coffee. No, it's uh, um, it's it's the length of time. So we use the same. We have a a bean that we use in our cold brew that is a light roast, and then we have uh, we also roast that. It's a very good cup of coffee on its own, 
in a medium roast and we also use it in a dark roast to mix and blend with other beans um, to make some of the coffees that we do with some of the blends. How many how many different regions do you source from typically? Is it nine? Are those those nine countries? Yeah. Those, so it is nine total. Yeah. So I, I've I've tried a couple different bags and I, and I'll continue to do that looking for certain countries, uh, but I haven't we haven't stuck with any of the countries that other than the nine that we have now. So those are all single origin. Those aren't blends or anything. No, and then we do we do we have um, five blends that we do we make up. Uh, couple of them like comfort and joy and holiday blend mm-hmm. we really feature during the holidays uh, they're usually we use a bean that has more of like a berry type note to it and we crisscross those with a couple other tried and true beans that are you know kind of base mixing type beans that we we've had good luck with uh so uh those are our kind of our holiday type blends and then we've we just recently made one up um, 60, 30, 10, which is a breakdown of a couple different co- coffees from, uh, South America and Central America. It's a really nice cup of coffee as well. So, I mean, so really the possibilities are endless. There's yeah. so many that you could just blend different ratios, the 60, 30, 10. Um, so how, how long, like say the 60, 30, 10, how long does that take to perfect? Like, do you do like 50, like 50, 30, 20, and then realize like it needs less of this, more of this, and you just kind of keep building it down to like, yeah. okay, this is like too uh, too far. Let's go back to, you know, go no, back that, a notch. That, that's exactly how we developed that that uh, coffee. We we went back and forth, back and forth uh, over like a two-week process in order to to say this is the, this is the one we're going to stick with. So when you're trying coffee, do you just pull like a little shot and do you actually drink the coffee? I've seen people drink and spit it out too, almost like they're trying like a wine so those those are you're you're talking about formal tastes. Yeah. So but is that how you test like if you like the flavor of the roast? That's how if if I want to let it seep on my palate to to, to determine what the notes are, are like. That's that's how I'll do it. Uh, much less formal than that when I'm just going ahead and and I might make a, a pot of coffee and just you know let it sit, let it cool down, let it sit and, and try it. Okay. Uh, um, but we do have like uh, the wedding couple that we. The wedding that we attended, we actually created uh, a coffee for them specifically. We invited them in, and we did. Ha- they had a tasting, and we went through the, the everything you're talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, it had them uh, go through a formal ta- t- uh, a formal tasting. So uh, we do do that too. How long does it take to come up with a, with a new roast? Like uh, if you're going back and forth, are you pretty good about eyeballing? Like let's just like add this, add that, and you. It's almost like it's like you know when people cook and they're just add ah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they just like internally know or inherently yeah. know what they're doing. Is that kind of the same? Like yeah, you can make a pretty quick blend and be like, okay, I think this would taste really good, and like, okay, yeah, we're right, it does. That's a uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now because okay. I'm so used to used to the beans that I'm <laughs> dealing with. So I was gonna say, yeah. you got, between the smell, the 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 or all all five senses, you're pretty yeah. much like, okay, this is it's it, you're very trained, I guess, or you, you've trained them well. Um, so 2022, you guys were the small business of the year for the North Country Chamber of we Commerce. We were super so, excited about that. Yeah, that so tell us so about that. Cool. You know, we were, we're, the Chamber has been so good to us, you know, and uh, um, big shout out to them. Um, you know, they, they've, they've stuck by our side since we joined and, and we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, when we were super honored, I mean, there's, there's literally hundreds of businesses in Clinton County. And to be 
Small Business of the Year is is quite an honor amongst all these businesses. And um, you know, Sonia was super, super proud, you know, well, as well as I was. It's a very cool uh, validation of like what you're doing. And I, I've had people on before um, that have won the awards. And I think the idea that I think they kind of say is like, I never expected to win this. And I think what happens, it's kind of like you guys, if you put your head down and just get to work and, and not really, you know, you do what you're supposed to do. You don't get a ton of validation because you're just going about your business and someone might get a cup of coffee and drink it. Like, wow, that's really good. Or come back again and again, but they may not go up to you and tell you that. So it's like for every compliment you get, there's probably hundreds of people that would, you know, echo that same compliment so it's cool when you get to an event like that and it's actually like validated and you're like, oh wow, this is pretty cool. And then everybody's in the, like in the room is pretty much like cheering like, yeah, you guys are awesome. So like that's, that's a good, it must be a good feeling. I'm assuming that you're like. But it threw me out. So we were told ahead of time. And then of course they don't want somebody to be like totally shocked when you get up there. But, but the, the uh, recognition in the room when we got that award threw me for a loop. I lost everything <laughs> that I had memorized that I wanted to say and the people I wanted to think. I was like, it just, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. Oh no, it, it, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic honor. And like, again, small, small business. I, I don't know how many small businesses are, would be in the running, but I would guess a couple hundred at least. I would, I would assume the same thing. And that's why we're, we consider it quite a privilege to, to be, not only uh, considered but uh, selected for that that award is is uh, very humbling. Have Have you ever entered any like competitions for your roasts? Is that a thing in the coffee world? It is, but I I have not. Um, you know, I it's it's you know that's probably somewhere where I need to to start poking into. Um, we're just I like the analogy that you use get your head down and you're working every day and you just don't really take a look up and maybe, and, and, and see where, where we're headed. Maybe someone enters it for you one day. Like, <laughs> hey, hey Norm, you won this. Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, it's like, get the, like the, you know, when you get the, uh, the ribbons for the beer, yeah, like the beer yeah. competitions. Like, yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a good point. Cause you know, there's a crafting, there's an art and a craft to, to specialty beer and, and yeah. there's an a art massive a, market too. Yeah. And there's a mark and there's an art and a craft to, to special specialty coffee. Do you make anything? Are you like, have you made brew, or beer before? Have you brewed beer? Have you made wine? Have you anything? So it's just coffees. The, just coffee. You yeah. drink a choice. Yeah. Um, so regarding like to team up with somebody to go ahead and make a coffee stout, a coffee stout. I'm sure yeah. there's some people. No, actually, they, huh? They, we know that they, they do the local, uh, crafters in the area do. So we're going to be looking out, reaching out and seeing if we can team up with a crafter to go ahead and, Create a coffee stout. I got, I got a, I got a, a I'll call him a brewmaster coming on next week on the podcast. So maybe that, that's it. It's like a, it's like a good go. omen. So, um, so again, one of the things I was, I was reading this article on you guys, and, and one of the things that kind of jumped out to me, and I think it's cool. It's, uh, I think a little bit beyond the coffee, but your two children work at the coffee shop with you, or yeah. a part of it. Yeah. So what's because I basically you went in, and you said that that was that was uh, you know that wasn't aim was to get the family involved and based on this kind of teach the kids work the, ethic. the ben- work yeah. ethic, but the benefits of running a small business. Cause I think a, a small business, um, I mean my, my personal thing is I've worked in my life for two businesses, both small businesses. So I worked served ice cream 
And that was much more fast turnover in front, dealing with uh, consumers day to day, but like almost minute to minute. And then real estate, so which is like a longer process and more about long-term relationships than it is like a quick transaction of a, a you know an ice cream cone. But I learned a lot from both of them when it comes to small business, and probably more like I went to college, but way more than I ever learned in college. Just that day-to-day dealing with people and dealing with you know anything that throws you for a loop as a small business owner. So um, how how has it been with having? Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, about my high school? son just turned eighteen. And yeah, they're high school. Yeah. Okay. So how has that been with them? You know, do you think they're picking up picking up on stuff? Does it come natural to the two of them, or is it? I think I think uh, both of them uh, um, have learned a lot about um, you know being proud, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to to own an establishment within a community that their friends come to, that the people they know uh, uh, can go to, and they receive compliments on. So. Um, I know that uh, they dealing with it, learning how to deal with the public, how to negotiate that, how to you know make sure that you keep a nice clean environment, something the ambiance that we have there, what what it takes to go ahead and do that, and then I know that they've learned, you know, the commitment it takes to to go ahead and own a small business. Do they? Uh, I mean, they, they see you obviously outside, like the hours of operation because I. And, Anybody that runs a small business, like the the hours up on the door is, is kind of like a, it's like looking at an iceberg. Like that's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. And then it, what people don't see, we talk about, it's like all the underwater stuff where you're, you're roasting at night, you're doing designing labels, you're doing payroll, you're doing all these things that don't show up on the, you know, that whatever it might be, the seven to five, whatever your times are, like you don't like behind the scenes stuff. I mean, do they get an appreciation of that or are they taking part in any of the behind the scenes stuff? Uh, they do, you know, we'll, we'll have them, uh, stock fridges, uh, run to the, uh, locally with us to go ahead and pick up produce. Um, so they get, they, they do see a lot of the, the, um, the behind the scenes, um, work that needs to be done in order to go ahead and make a business successful. Yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, the one thing I, I liked at a young age was learning, you know, hands-on at an early age like how to because it's prepped me even for today even though i was 14 years old when i started it's you still take a lot of um the knowledge and experience you had back then and it just kind of molds you a little bit better and teaches you and i think you know getting kids involved young in something like that especially if their parents are directly involved in it because you get to see the behind the behind the scenes part like they're gonna have such a good education whether i mean do you think either of them like it enough to, to continue it on I don't know. I my, you know, I, I I think they're gonna deprive. They'll do their own exploring. I I believe and and uh, which is okay. Yeah. You know, they they have their own their own thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you you bring up a great point. Is uh, you know, they're learning something that they're gonna be able to have and to hold on to for the rest of their lives. They're developing skills that. Um, are going to set them up for success because they're going to know what it takes in order to be successful. And sometimes uh, he, that that's that's a learned process, mm-hmm. um, and they're getting first uh, first eye view of that. Yeah, no, I think I think it's great. I, I, I read that. I'm like, that's really cool because I think now, like especially going in the future too. You know, I, I think that the whether it's trades, whether it's small business, whether it's something. I mean. The, the hands-on type of learning 
I mean, I, I grew up learning from a book, like sitting in a classroom, yeah. but it's like, even in college, but then when you get out and you start actually applying it and it just kind of get thrust into the day to day, that's where you, you pick up on everything. It's just that, like you said, you experience it. Um, and, uh, also, uh, our daughter, Kayla's, she's also working at the places too to get some experience, some diversity, and okay. and see what it's like to work for somebody other than mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> it could be better or worse. <laughs> it depends how you look at it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that that's that's cool. So outside of the coffee, you guys are you guys able to get away or or enjoy some time away? Like, is it pretty well run if you guys don't have to be there, or is it? We have super staff. Like super great staff, and um, we just brought a couple on, uh, additional people on, and they're excellent. Um, we can't say thank you enough to all of them for everything they do for us, um, and they run the shop when we're not there. They open it up, they close it, and they know how to do everything, and yeah. um, it's pretty wonderful and fabulous. We uh, generally take a trip out to Maine uh, once a year. Um, and uh i don't think we'll be doing it this year um but uh and we usually we we like to uh explore the local area you know go camping in in you know koas and stuff like that so uh, there's a lot of wonderful things just to do here in a local area that people probably are over overlook and and head out of town when they can experience pretty cool things locally it is uh I mean, obviously coming off of two years of like a pandemic and the border closing, have you found that an increase in foot traffic now or an increase in just Canadian traffic? Yeah, we did. We noticed uh, we, that did uh, the traffic did pick up, um, not to pre-pandemic levels, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, 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 we were able to say hello from that two-year hiatus we had from, from a lot of people that we had established some good friendships with. And uh, it was nice to see them come back into the shop. So I'm guessing you get a pretty good marina crowd. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, besides, like I said, you get them coming down, um, you know, for coffee, but I think it just overall, it's probably nice to see maybe again, I don't know how much of, of the traffic is Canadian, but I'm sure it's enough that if they weren't there, you recognized it. Well, pre pandemic, we were, I'd say 60, 40 split, 60% Canadians. Wow. You know, during the summer. But All right. the the local community has been wonderful to us through this whole process, and they continue to be fantastic, uh, super supportive, and that ratio has changed dramatically. Um, really feel like we're invested in the community, and the community supports us in that endeavor as well. So it might have increased the the, uh, the American uh, support yeah, for you, you guys. Bet. You bet. Yeah. Uh, no, that that that's great. I think. I mean. No, it's just a very cool place, and I I, uh, I think it ends up being a destination up there. I mean, I've known people that just drive up and get coffee there, or like, oh, I'm going to Ross's Point. Love to like, hear that. Love yeah, well, I've had, I've had people, too, they're like, i got to go to Ross's Point. Like, oh, good, I'm going to stop at Lakeside. Like, that's like a thing you I've, I've heard. I've done it myself. I was like, okay, well, I know where I'm going to get coffee, and I'm going to be up <laughs> in the area. So it's just funny how it works, Like, but it, it does feel like a destination, and I think some of the places, you know, I – like I know you guys, like I said, we mentioned Becky and then even just like restaurants, like my aunt for the longest time just sold it, but she had the happy bike and that was like a destination for people yeah, in the you summer. Bet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's kind of cool when you have these little places that whether they're seasonal or not seasonal, but people actually, you know, they're one, one place, you can only go one area and get them that there is a, you know, a following that people want to go there as for, you know, whatever you offer that they're like, Hey, it's worth the drive, you know, yeah. to go see it. So, um, 
Norm, is there anything else that you want to, anything else you want to mention or, or, uh, any news drop? Obviously the coffee cart's a new thing, but any, any, uh, anything else new and exciting coming out of the hopper? Oh, we just like we're planning on expanding that, uh, the e-commerce, the cart is, is new and is, 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 is a huge interest in it. So we're excited about that. Um, and, um, we're looking to expand our, our wholesale market and work with restaurants, uh, grocery stores, even business that wants to market their product through a private label. We're, we're all about that. We mentioned the, Ka- the Kavanaugh private label, which I'm like, two, two things I like in life right there. So I said <laughs> it, it was good. It was good, good sale, uh, sale pitch. So, um, but if anybody, anybody would want to do the wholesale or anybody wants to do or rent or have you at an event for the coffee cart, What's the best way to find you guys or connect with you guys? Um, well, we have uh, our, our email address is uh, lakesidecoffeens at gmail.com. They can also just call the coffee, uh, the cafe, and, and leave a message, and I'll get back to them as well. And then for like e-commerce, is it, you got a website? Yeah, it's uh, lakesidecoffeeroasters, all one word, dot com. And it's uh, we're, we're building that URL right now, so it's, it's, it's a little tricky to... You don't always hit it every single time. So if you type that into the the IP, the address area, then uh, it should get you. We have a nice website that's being built for us. And um, if it, anything on social? Because you guys are on Instagram. I know that. Yes. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah. So, so. That, that's they can they can private message us if, as well through Facebook if, if they're looking to go ahead and explore the possibility of uh, – supporting local you know and we we're we're big fans of it um we 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 shop local whenever we get an opportunity and we buy local whenever we get an opportunity and here's an opportunity for people that want to just to support local yeah no i think it's great um well norm i appreciate you coming on and, and doing doing the podcast like i said anytime i can nerd out with uh people about coffee especially people <laughs> that know a lot about coffee because i always learn a thing or two um but yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to them, they're fantastic. Again, they're up in Rouse's Point. Um, I, a lot of you listening, I'm sure, have been up there and have, have had the coffee. And if not, have not been there, I'm sure you've had the coffee in other establishments locally. So they do a great job. But Norm, thank you so much for coming on. I wish you continued oh, success. A, and It's ho- a pr- privilege. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Uh, we were very glad that uh, we got the invite. Yeah, no, any anytime. Um, well, that's it. That's episode 202 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.